Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. Joe Biden builds miles of wall along the southern border, even as he attempts to deny it will make any difference at all. Chaos continues among Republicans seeking a new speaker, and the FBI launches a new effort to target Trump followers. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Wednesday, waived 26 different federal laws that actually allowed him to build border wall in South Texas. Apparently, among the 26 laws the DHS waived, according to National Review, that includes the Clean Air Act, Safe Drinking Water Act, and Endangered Species Act. The projects will be funded by Congressional Appropriations Package from fiscal year 2019. It's not going to be tons of wall, but it is some wall. It's like 20 miles of wall along the border in Starr County, Texas. That's an area experiencing high illegal entry. The Biden administration has acknowledged that this was necessary. They put forward a statement saying as much, suggesting that this is the way that this was going to go, that basically we need the wall. If we don't have the wall, it's going to be very difficult for us to secure the border. This, of course, creates a major conundrum because Joe Biden suggested during the 2020 race that walls are bad. They are ineffective. They are useless. And in fact, the idea of the Trump wall was incredibly bad, racist, terrible. This is why you had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez during the Trump administration jetting on down to the southern border to hang around empty parking lots and fake cry into the camera over over offense. This is why you had the entire media shrieking and crying about the idea of Donald Trump building more border wall. This is why just a few weeks ago, you had judges who were stepping in to prevent the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, from putting buoys in the middle of the Rio Grande to prevent people from illegally attempting to cross that border. Well, now they've flipped. Now they've flipped. Again, it's not all that long ago they were saying all this sort of stuff. As of 2021, Karine Jean-Pierre was saying on behalf of this administration that walls don't work. He also indicated it was his view that certain sections of the border wall should be finished. Does the president agree? Well, as as you know, we have said that um, I, I have to look at the, the uh, comments. I have not seen them, so I want to make sure I, I read it within context. Uh, but we have talked about the border wall here in in general as as a way uh, that uh, it's been used in, in a, to, to you know to to close the border, and we feel that it is a policy that doesn't work. And it's not just us. Uh, you know, experts have said that uh, the border wall is not uh, is not an effective policy. That was the administration just a couple of years ago. So what changed? Well, it turns out millions of people have crossed the southern border under Joe Biden, and they are all going up to northern cities, blue cities, New York, Chicago. And it turns out that people in those blue cities don't like it very much. You've got governors like Kathy Hochul in New York calling out the Biden administration. You have the governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, and the mayor, Brandon Johnson of Chicago, calling for Joe Biden to fix this thing. Here they were just a couple of days ago. 
We have to have better coordination with every single level of government, and that includes the state of Texas. There are other things the federal government can do other than sending us money that they haven't yet done. In a letter to President Biden asking for more help, Governor Pritzker says the crisis is overwhelming the state and the city's ability to provide aid. Yeah, well, all of this has driven the Biden administration into some dose of reality, or at least it did briefly. There's a brief moment in time just a couple of days ago when it appeared that the Biden administration might be shocked into reality, maybe need to stop the overwhelming flow of illegal immigrants at the border. Mayorka said in an official filing in the Federal Register, this is just a couple of days ago, quote, there is presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers and roads in the vicinity of the border of the United States in order to prevent unlawful entries into the United States in the project areas. In order to ensure the expeditious construction of the barriers and roads in the project areas, I have determined that it is necessary to exercise the authority vested in me by Section 102C of the IIRIRA. Hey, so he waived regulations in order to make this sort of thing happen. But then wokeness snapped back into place like a mousetrap. There was no way the Biden administration was going to be able to flip this dramatically after claiming that Donald Trump was an evil human rights violator for attempting to build border wall. And so yesterday, Joe Biden, the defunct president of the United States, suggested that actually the border wall won't work, which raises the question as to why then they are building it. But he says, guys, guys, it's, it's still not going to work. I, I didn't change my mind. It's still not going to work. We're just building it because we have to build it, which is weird since you had to waive 26 regulations in order to build it. Here was Joe Biden yesterday. Do you believe the border wall works? No. So then why are you doing it? So why are you doing it? The answer is that he's doing it because he also knows that the consequences of not doing it are really bad politically, but he still has to please his left-wing base. He has created a situation in which he is caught between a rock and a hard place. This is a catch-22 for him. In the same way, the crime policy is a catch-22. If crime goes out of control, it looks really bad for his administration. If he adds more cops to the streets, it also looks really bad for his administration. Left-wing policy is a failure. When you pursue it to its logical conclusion, which is an open border in this particular case, people don't like it very much. And then you have to backtrack. And then people yell at you for backtracking. And this is what Joe Biden doesn't want. So what exactly is Joe Biden's excuse for having spent the money to, you know, actually build wall? He says the money was appropriated, so he has to spend it which again is weird from a president of the United States who has unilaterally declared himself the ability to relieve student loan debt to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars, for example. But when it comes to money allocated for border wall funding, suddenly, like right now, he discovered that he actually has to spend money that was appropriated in 2019. Strange. Border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. Well, I mean, you could. Theoretically, you could say we couldn't waive the regulations. Sorry. Right. That'd be the easy, easy way to do it. They literally had to waive regulations in order to make this happen. So they could have made the case. Secretary Mayorkas easily could have made the case. Guys. I want to spend the money, but the regulations prevent me from spending the money because obviously I'd be in violation of law if I did spend the money. He's not doing that. He's building the wall. So they want to have it both ways again. They want to build the wall, claim the wall does nothing. So they can simultaneously claim they're doing something to stop the border flow and also claim to all of their left wing buddies that actually they still agree with themselves when they took the moronic position that walls do nothing, which, of course, is silly. Of course, walls do something. You wouldn't have a giant fence around the White House if walls did nothing. And this, it's, it's, it's an argument that's beneath contempt that walls do nothing. Of course, walls do something they have for all of human history. So stupid. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First. You know a company is looking out for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it. This is great news for new and current 
Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan. Plus, every plan now includes a mobile hotspot with no price increase whatsoever. If you considered Pure Talk before, but you haven't made the switch, take a look again. For just 20 bucks a month, you'll get unlimited talk, text, and now 50% more 5G data, plus their new mobile hotspot. This is why I love Pure Talk. They are veteran-owned. They only hire the best customer service team located right here in the United States of America. Pure Talk families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Remember, you vote with how you spend your cash, so stop supporting those woke wireless companies that actually hate your guts. When you go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro, you'll save an additional 50% off your very first month because, you know, they actually don't hate you. They actually value you. That's puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Again, Pure Talk is wireless for Americans by Americans. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Save an additional 50% off your very first month. Again, I use Pure Talk for all of my phone calls. You should do the same. Great Tower Network and you're saving money and the company doesn't hate you. That is a win-win all around. PureTalk.com slash Shapiro Wireless for Americans by Americans. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25 with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Get to more on this in just one moment. First, You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters, ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past. They can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN... Really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. Expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Okay, so Alejandro Mayorkas was then caught off guard by the fact that his own administration undercut him. So originally he said, we need the wall because, you know, we have a big problem on the border. Then, because Joe Biden decided that he was going to maintain the position that they don't need the wall and walls are bad, he had to walk it back. So here is Mayorkas yesterday walking it back. From day one, this administration has made clear that a border wall is not the answer. That remains our position and our position has never wavered. The language in the Federal Register notice is being taken out of context, and it does not signify any change in policy whatsoever. Oh, it's missing context, is it? You know, the part where you explicitly said that there's an immediate need to build border wall? 
This follows hard on Mayorkas claiming that it wasn't actually border wall. It was actually just construction along the border. What were they building? Like a castle? What, a miniature golf course? Like what, what exactly is it? Was, what would you call the thing that you are building that is a wall? It, it, it's all idiot. And they're assuming you're morons. Corinne Jean-Pierre, again, wildly untalented press secretary. So she was asked, you know, what, why is it that you want to break U.S. law in order to put up the wall and then claim that the wall doesn't, doesn't do anything? And she has no answer for this, obviously, because there is no answer because it's, it's really dumb. A wall constructed in my administration. So something changed. What? You want us to break the law. Is that what you want? You want us to not comply with the law. I'm not. I'm, I'm asking you want, about but you it, want us to not comply him. with the law. You want us to not be in administrations that follow you the law. You guys do this all the time. The student loans, uh, the student loan forgiveness program. Uh, you went to court to fight for that. If this is such a problem, building 20 miles of wall, why not just go to court? We went to Congress. The Congress appropriates why the funding. Go, why not Congress, fight them more? Congress appropriates the funding. We asked them to not use that funding for that particular purpose. They denied it, and now we're complying with the law. If you have to build a border wall, but you don't think that it's going to work, then once it's done, are you just going to tear it down? I'm not getting into hypotheticals from here. I'm just telling you what I can tell you from here. The facts are that DHS is complying with the law. This is from fiscal year. This was under fiscal year 2019 under Republican uh, leadership, and DHS is required to do this. The president asked multiple times of Congress to reappropriate. They did not, and we're not complying by the law. Thanks, everybody. So much legal compliance from this administration. I mean, if there's one thing we know about this administration, they love complying with the separation of powers in which Congress passes a law and the president signs it and the president abides by that legislation. That is something this administration absolutely adores. They would never do anything unilaterally, like say, I don't know, tell OSHA to cram down a vax mandate on 80 million Americans. They would never do anything like that. After all, the power of the legislature controls what OSHA can and cannot do. And that's not in the enabling legislation. So obviously they would follow the law. I mean, they would never try to twist the law to relieve hundreds of billions of dollars of student loan debt. Just get rid of it. I mean, they, they would follow the law clearly. And just, just like they are right here, there's an appropriation to build a wall. And so they're just following the law by building the wall, even if they think it's useless, because that's just what sticklers these people are for the law. Or they're completely full of crap. They're completely full of crap. We all know that they're full of crap. But this is the problem. When you take positions that are counter logic and decency, and then the effects of those, those policies come to fruition, you have to somehow mitigate against your own policies. The reason this is happening is very obvious. You've got people in New York and people in Chicago and people in California and people all over the left wing, the big cities, big blue cities, who are complaining about Joe Biden's illegal immigration problem. And there is a reason, by the way, that Joe Biden is doing this, and that is because his poll numbers absolutely stink. His poll numbers on immigration are not, they're not just underwater, they're wildly underwater. I mean, insanely underwater. Joe Biden's approval numbers on immigration are like 20%. He has to do something, but at the same time, he doesn't want to tick off that left wing base. And what's amazing to me is that he is so attached to that left-wing base. Why? Are they going to go vote for Donald Trump? Obviously not. Are they going to stay home if Trump is on the ballot? Obviously not. But he feels the necessity, he really does, to cater to that activist base. And who is that activist base? It's not black people in America's major cities who are overwhelmingly in favor of less illegal migration. It's not even Latinos in America who are overwhelmingly in favor of less illegal migration. It is woke white liberals living in upper-class suburbs who never have to deal with the consequences. And the minute you ship them to Martha's Vineyards, then, then all of a sudden they're starting to freak out and, and, and complain. But until then, they're very happy to put up their lawn signs, their virtue signaling lawn signs. Uh, man, the, the Democratic Party policy is a disaster area.
And, and Republicans could point that out if they weren't in the middle of um, a speakership battle, which they declared on themselves, because that, that is definitely the best way to fight a war is if you're in the middle of a, of, a, of a battle, a political battle with the other side, the best thing to do is immediately go into an internecine war with your own side. It, it always works out beautifully. We'll get to that in just one second. First, are you tired of tossing and turning all night, desperately searching for that elusive comfort zone? With Helix, you can say goodbye to sleepless nights and hello to the perfect mattress designed just for you. Got to tell you, I just had a very, very long fr- flight from abroad. I cannot wait to get on my Helix Sleep mattress this evening. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. I've had my Helix Sleep mattress for at least seven, eight years at this point. It is durable. It is great. It was tailored just for me. It is firm but breathable, which is precisely what I need. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? Go to helixsleep.com slash men, take their two-minute sleep quiz, find that perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come right to your door ship for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. Their financing options, flexible payment plans make it so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last for long with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well thought out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, a child's life is molded by his or her home, school, friends, community. A positive experience in all these areas helps build a healthy child. Cars for Kids, that's Cars with a K, is a registered nonprofit organization aimed at giving children the tools to succeed in life. If you have a car that's just sitting in your driveway, taking up space, you should consider donating it to Cars for Kids. You know Cars for Kids, they've got that jingle, right? The 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS-K-R-S. You know it. If you're tired of looking at that old car in your driveway or hearing your spouse complain about it, why not let Cars for Kids take care of it for you? Here's how it works. Visit their website at carsforkids.org. Ben. Let them take care of it from there. The whole process only takes two minutes. Cars for Kids will schedule a pickup at a time that's convenient for you. If you don't have a car, you can still help. Cars for Kids accepts non-cash donations of school supplies, clothing, sports equipment, and more. So what exactly are you waiting for? Call now or visit carsforkids.org slash Ben to get the ball rolling today. That's Cars of the K, the number four, at carsforkids.org slash Ben. That's carsforkids.org slash Ben. Okay, so meanwhile, while Democrats are declaring war on themselves over whether to build a border wall or not, the, uh, the Republicans are declaring war on themselves with regard to this speakership battle. In a fascinating new twist to the speakership battle, apparently the Republicans are now going to hold a speakership debate, apparently televised, which, I, okay, <laughs> all right. I, th- here's my objection to this. My only objection, I'm all for transparency, but who Republicans elect in a closed caucus to lead their caucus 
really should not be a, a matter of public scrutiny nearly as much as, you know, you voting for your local congressperson. The reason I say this is because how the sausage gets made is very different than how people tell you the sausage gets made on talk radio. And on talk radio, look, what I do for a living, I'm going to give you the purest, most conservative perspective because that's what I get to do. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I don't have to make the sausage. But behind the closed doors, obviously there's wheeling and dealing. Trades get made. But the problem is, that incentive structure is completely skewed. You can't actually get the deal done. You can't elect a speaker unless there are some deals that are getting made behind closed doors. And this is, for example, is one of the problems with the Republican fight against earmarks. So for years and years and years, Republicans have said, quite correctly, on principle, earmarks are really bad. They are. They're really bad. Earmarks are the system whereby there's a bill, it's coming through, and I attach a rider for my district. And I say, I'm only going to vote in favor of this bill if you build the Ben Shapiro post office in my district. And it's really bad because if everybody does that, you end up spending a lot of money. The problem is if nobody does that, you don't pass any bills and you end up with a giant omnibus package that only gets support because it's a giant crap sandwich anyway, usually a larger crap sandwich than would have been attained with a few simple earmarks. So again, the sausage making process is really ugly. Televising all of that, and that's, that's a great way of prolonging the speaker chaos, I suppose, because you're going to end up with a, a segment that is very pro Jim Jordan. You're going to end up with a segment that is very pro Kevin Hearn, for example. You'll, this is what's going to happen. Because it's not as though any one of these candidates is completely dominant. So the three big candidates who have been mentioned at this point are Steve Scalise, Jim Jordan, and Republican Study Committee Chair Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma. Apparently, according to Punchbowl News, Fox News' Brett Baer is going to host a closed debate and discussion between the GOP candidates for speaker on Monday night, according to a source involved with the planning. And then later, it came out, apparently, that they're going to televise that, which, I mean, it's going to be very... If you are running for Speaker of the House, now you're basically kind of running for president, right? Not Not formally, but you're getting in front of the American people and the Republican base and showing who has most fealty to conservative principles. The problem is that you can show that fealty, but the system constrains you from actually achieving those goals. You make the biggest promise. You can promise everything to everybody. Two minutes from now, everybody's going to be real disappointed when we hit the end of the continuing resolution and somebody cuts a deal, which is exactly what's going to happen, as we all know. Anyway, Republicans are going to host that candidate forum Tuesday night and the closed party election on Wednesday. There is no timeline for electing a speaker on the House floor. This thing is probably going to continue for a number of days. Donald Trump, for his part, he uh, after originally recommending Kevin McCarthy for the post, McCarthy was very pro-Trump and then doing nothing to stop Kevin McCarthy from falling. Donald Trump then um, apparently started sharing posts on Truth Social, pitching himself as the speaker and calling Kevin McCarthy a traitor, which is, as always, no one is more loyal than president. The most loyal. So in, in any case, Donald Trump is now endorsing Jim Jordan for speaker, which is fine. I I really like Jim Jordan. I think he's terrific. The head of the House Oversight Committee. Again, I don't know why anyone wants this job. It's a terrible job. But Jim Jordan is an excellent candidate. He's one of the founders of the House Freedom Caucus. He's extremely conservative across the board. And as far as Trump goes, he's a big Trump backer. Now, the problem is, of course, we're also in the middle of an open primary inside the Republican Party. While Trump is way in front in that primary, he still represents about half of the Republican Party. And the other half of the Republican Party is split among a myriad of candidates. So Trump's endorsement is not sure to guarantee that somehow... Jordan becomes the guy, especially because there's a whole wing of moderates in the party who may not be in love with Jim Jordan. Kevin McCarthy, people ripped him for not having centralizing principles. And to a certain extent, there's some truth to that because he's a consummate politician. And you kind of have to be. In order to be Speaker of the House and broker some sort of agreement between all these disparate groups, you can't really be a guy who has sort of hard and fast principles unless you're going to be a dictator like Newt Gingrich was very early on when he was Speaker of the House. And then he ended up being defenestrated anyway after a certain point. 
Being an idealist and being Speaker of the House are usually not things that go together. This is why Mitch McConnell is a very effective Senate Majority Leader, but not the most ideological politician. Usually, these two things are in conflict. If you want to be particularly effective as a legislature, as a legislator, usually that means not being a purist. In any case, Jim Jordan is more of a purist. There are a lot of people in moderate districts in New York, maybe, who might not love Jim Jordan. Steve Scalise is considered, again, sort of the, the party favorite in the sense that he's not coming in from the outside. He was a second in command to Kevin McCarthy. There are health concerns about Steve Scalise. There's now been some talk, believe it or not, about Patrick McHenry, possibly. Not because Patrick McHenry actually has a lot of backing, but because he's the speaker pro tem, so he's sort of just sitting there already. In order for any sort of speakership vote to happen, the big thing that's going to have to happen is they're going to have to change the motion to vacate rule. The motion to vacate rule, which is a concession made by Kevin McCarthy to the Matt Gates wing of the party, was that he would allow anyone, anyone, like a single person, to bring a motion to vacate the chair if they didn't like what he was doing. And that basically set the stage for him being ousted in any point because he has a very, very narrow House majority. All it took was basically five Republicans voting against him and he would lose his speakership even if the other 97% of the caucus was in favor of Kevin McCarthy. And in fact, that's what happened. So in order for any new speaker to be elected and then have any power at all, that motion to vacate is going to have to be changed. And according to Punchbowl, that's exactly what's happening. 45 House Republicans, including several power players, have written a letter to the conference effectively demanding changes to the motion to vacate rule that cost McCarthy his job. A few members who signed this letter said they're not willing to endorse anybody for speaker until the motion to vacate is overhauled. Those names include Representative Stephanie Bice of Oklahoma, Dusty Johnson of South Dakota, Representative Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, Garrett Graves of Louisiana, Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Mike McCall of Texas, and Ways and Means Committee Chair Jason Smith of Missouri. Again, that's a big faction. That's 45 people. There's even some talk that McCarthy might get a second go round here, although I think that that is very unlikely at this point. Meanwhile, the question is whether any of these people are going to be able to raise a lot of money. Steve Scalise has. He's raised about $170 million to support various Republicans over the last decade. Scalise raised more in the last cycle, $53 million, than Jordan raised over the last decade, $38 million. So that's going to be a major concern. Again, being Speaker of the House is not the same as being most ideologically pure. Usually it's the guy who can cut deals and get, get people elected. But this is a, a pretty significant mess. We'll get into more of that mess in just one second. First, look at the way that light is streaming into your home right now. When I bought my home in Florida, one of the things that mattered most to me was how the light came into the home. Because honestly, if it's too dark in my house, I can't stand it. And that meant I took a look at the window coverings and then I went to blinds.com and I got better window coverings because that makes a huge difference. You should check out blinds.com as well. They make a huge difference in your home or office. In our Florida studio, we use Blinds.com as well. Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five-star reviews. You can measure and install it yourself or have Blinds.com take care of it with local professionals. There's no showroom, no retail markets, and no matter how many you order, installation is just one low cost. If you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color that's right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatment for your windows. Shop Blinds.com's primetime kickoff event. It's happening right now. Save up to 50% site-wide, plus doorbusters. It's one of their biggest sales of the year. Get up to 50% off at Blinds.com. When you check out online, don't forget to tell them you heard about Blinds.com from the Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, so... As we've been saying, in order for any speaker to be able to run the House, he's going to have to have some level of authority over the members of his own caucus, is what Representative Johnson was saying, Dusty Johnson of South Dakota. He's saying, you know, we got a bunch of foundational problems here, and if we don't fix those before a new speaker is named, they're just going to continue. Let me just lay it out there, cut to the chase. Who are you with in the speaker battle? Oh, I'm not with anybody yet. I think that we've got a lot of questions we need these candidates to answer. 
uh, in part because if we don't change the foundational problems within our conference, it's just going to be the same stupid clown car with a different driver. I mean, and that is correct. If if these rules happen to not grant the the speaker enough power to actually keep his caucus in line, they're not getting anything done. Obviously, there have to be consequences for stepping out of line. It, it's very funny to me that a lot of people are very happy about Kevin McCarthy getting ousted are a lot of the same people who are very upset at, at rogues like John McCain in the in the United States Senate. I agree with them about John McCain, but the whole point is you can't actually pass anything unless you keep your majority in line. And so if you remove all the consequences that are available to keep people in line, they will not stay in line. You'll have a collective action problem. Representative Max Miller, Republican of Ohio, he says, listen, if we keep fighting each other here, I'm not hopeful we're gonna, even going to be able to keep the majority. I'm going to stand here and tell you by the actions that have taken place this week, I'm not hopeful to keep the majority. I'm not hopeful to win back the Senate. You know, I spoke to President Trump three times yesterday, and I explained to him that there could be a coalition government that would happen. And throughout that process, you know what we would lose in the House of Representatives? What did Trump say when you told him all this stuff? He's incredibly upset. This is where I love to get to my point, Manu, about Matt Gates using the MAGA cloak to go ahead and to post content on Twitter with no context to make it seem as if he has President Trump's support. And he paints it in the most broad strokes possible. That's why he's so good at what he does is because he's a BS artist. Okay, so Matt Gates is trying to fight back against that perception by doing something that I will say is, is clever. So he is saying, okay, I'm going to negotiate on the motion to vacate. He says, my GOP colleagues want to raise the threshold on the motion to vacate. Here's a question for them. If we enact the reforms laid out by Representative Rokana, who's a Democrat from California, nice guy, I've interviewed Ro before, how high would you like the MTV threshold to be? I'll basically give you whatever you want for this stuff. What, what, what exactly is that stuff? A ban on congressional stock trading, which makes sense to me, put everything into, into a blind trust, make some sort of consequence. You can't involve yourself in it. 12-year term limit for Congress and a ban on political donations from lobbyists or PACs. Now, we know that this is going nowhere. Okay, like those last two things are going nowhere. And the reason those are going nowhere is because there are a bunch of people sitting in Congress right now who are beyond the 12-year term limit. You're going to open up a bunch of safe districts for Republicans to challenge. So there's that. As far as the ban on political donations from lobbyists or PACs, um, I'm just wondering if Republicans enact that and Democrats do not, how is that going to work out? So he's saying he's going to change the, the motion to vacate rules. If there's a ban on political donations from lobbyists or PACs, for whom? For just Republicans? Because that seems like shooting yourself directly in the face. Again, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to hear Matt Gates's list of demands. But if the idea is that all lobbyist and PAC donations go away. By, by the way, all a PAC donation is, that, that is like a group of people who get together and they put together a political actions on committee and then they, and they spend money on behalf of a candidate. If Republicans take that off the table and then they let Democrats do it, how exactly is that advantageous for Republicans attempting to win? I just like lobbyists as much as the next guy, but, but the notion that Democrats are going to continue doing this and Republicans are going to stop doing this, it puts you at an inherent disadvantage electorally. Like, are Democrats going to vote to do this overall? And how exactly would that tie into Republican attempts to get a speaker to, to push that? Like, what Matt Gates has already shown is that Republicans can push stuff, and if Democrats don't go along with it, Matt Gates blames the Republicans anyway. He did this with regard to the border security. He literally got up the other day and he's like, you guys say that you passed a harsh border security regimen. Well, I didn't see that become law. Right, because there's a Democratic Senate and a Democratic president. And both those people, both those those institutions continue to maintain that walls don't do things. So I, I don't understand. So if Matt Gates wants to put forward a list of actual achievable things that don't actively damage the Republican Party's ability to beat Democrats, I'm happy to hear it. I said this before with Chip Roy was doing this against Kevin McCarthy, which he did earlier in the year. And then he named a bunch of concessions 
I'm all in favor of that. That's fine. But if these concessions are non-doable concessions that Democrats take advantage of, I'm not sure how that exactly is a big win and how it's not exactly posturing. Again, all of this puts whoever is running for speaker in a, in a pretty major jam here. Because, for example, Jim Jordan, he has come forward and he says, we're not going to go to a vote without 218, right? We're going to need 218 in order to go forward with a vote. We're not even going to have a vote on the speaker until we've already decided behind closed doors who's the speaker. It has to happen. We shouldn't go to the House floor until we have 218 votes for the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. We shouldn't have to go through what we did back in January. I'm all for that. I think I can bring our team together to accomplish that. And more importantly, once we get that done, to do the work that needs to be done on the border, on crime, on inflation, on all these issues we have to address. I think I can do that. That's why I decided to run. I mean, under what conditions is the big question. Under what conditions? What actually gets hammered out here is going to define whether the ouster of McCarthy was good or bad. And it seems like there was no plan in ousting McCarthy. So maybe it ends up okay anyway. Everybody scrambles and they end up coming with some sort of agreement. If that, that's the case, then credit to Gates. But if it doesn't end up that way, if it's just sheer chaos, or if we end up back in the same situation with an incredibly weak speaker unable to keep his own people in line, then Democrats are going to win. Because again, if you look as though you're running a clown car, people will vote for Democrats even if their policies are absolute sheer garbage. The, the one good piece of news here is that Donald Trump, who was speculating just a, a few moments ago about possibly running for speaker himself, at least he has stopped that nonsense. That, that was dumb. I'm not even sure why people were considering that. There's an active House rule right now on the Republican side that if you're under an active indictment, you can't be House speaker. And Trump is under multiple active indictments right now. They would have had changed the rule. It would have been super awkward. I don't know who thought that Trump had the skill set to be speaker of the House anyway. It would have been very strange. Um, but um, at least that's off the table when Trump endorses Jordan. So, so good for Trump for endorsing somebody. At this point, one of the ways you can tell that Jordan is a good candidate is how much the left hates him. Sonny Hostin of The View, she says that Jim Jordan is a terrorist, literally a terrorist. Why? Is he strapping dynamite to himself? No, he was mean to her one time. I will just say about Jim Jordan, you know, um, he has been called by his own party, by John Boehner, a political terrorist. He's also been linked to the Ohio State sexual abuse scandal. I testified in front of Congress about something so simple, cameras in courtrooms. He came in late, he looked disheveled, and he immediately was screaming and yelling and terrorized me and the other experts on the panel. And describing him as a terrorist is exactly that. He's a chaos agent and it came out of nowhere and he had no command of the subject that we were talking about, which made it even scarier. So to have him, the thought of him being the Speaker of the House, I think leads to more chaos. For but his country. role model is Donald Trump who has no command of the language either. Okay, uh, Joy Behar ripping people for, for lack of command of the English language. And it's like watching a dog try to explain to, to a human, you know, how language ought to work. You're mostly just amazed that the dog can speak English at this point. Like Joy, Joy, <laughs> Joy Behar <laughs> ripping people for command of the English language. Good stuff right there. Uh, again, that is the single best case for Jim Jordan I've heard. Now, here is the awkward thing. Okay, here's the awkward thing. Whatever deal gets cut, the Republican Party is going to have to now actually reestablish itself as a party. We've spent the last 15 years in the Republican Party ripping power away from the people at the top of the Republican Party. That has come with a couple of benefits and some pretty significant costs. The benefits are that the Republican Party has gotten more right wing, or at least it did briefly when it came to, for example, spending. The Tea Party movement, which I thought was terrific, I was a part of it, called on Congress to actually push back on spending. The problem is that when you take away the leadership of the institutions and you simply destroy them, and you say that pretty much every... It, 
you create a roiling boiling pot inside, for example, the Republican Party. And the Republican Party infrastructure has no power to actually dictate. Well, at that point, what you end up with is endless chaos. You know, it's so funny. Republicans will look at Nancy Pelosi on the one hand with deep and abiding hatred for her policies. And on the other hand, with a bit of admiration for the fact that she's kept her caucus together. I mean, we say this all the time. Nancy Pelosi is obviously good at her job. She had a fractious caucus. She kept it together. How? Because she crammed down on them. She said, listen, I'm not going to give you money. I'm going to find people to primary you. I'm going to threaten your committee memberships. I'm going to run this place like a dictatorship. This is not a democracy. This is not a group of people getting together at late night at the club and figuring things out with comedy. This is me running the place. And so you can't have it both ways. Either you want to fight Nancy Pelosi, which requires an actual consolidation of power around institutions with leadership, or you want to argue amongst yourselves in the name of principle and then lose to people like Nancy Pelosi. Which is why they're going to have to be some sort of tools that are put in the hands of the House leadership that are going to allow punishment for the members. Now, right now, I understand everybody's running for speaker. And so at the moment, it's going to be all of them basically appealing to the better angels of nature, right? So you have Jim Jordan, for example, defending Matt Gates from the calls for expulsion. There have been some members of the Republican caucus who have said that what he did here is ridiculous. They should expel him from the caucus. I don't think you expel him from the caucus when you have a four-seat majority. But the, the basic notion here that going forward, the leadership is, will not have the tools to punish people. How exactly are you going to operate it then? How exactly are you going to operate it? So right now, one of the people who's coming under even greater fire than Matt Gates in some ways is uh, Nancy Mace. She joined for no reason anyone can explain seven hardliners in ousting McCarthy. She is at best a moderate Republican, particularly on, on abortion. It, it shocked everybody when she joined to, to oust McCarthy. According to Politico, McCarthy and Mace didn't always see eye to eye, but the California Republican had helped Mace secure her seat in Congress by pumping millions of dollars into her once struggling campaign. Mace's move to aggressively fundraise off of her vote to balance McCarthy is only intensifying her colleagues' anger towards her. For Mace, the anti-McCarthy vote may prove a purposeful step in a chameleonic career that's already seen her swing repeatedly between Trump-centric conservative and establishment-bucking centrism. Mace is making clear her vote for speaker is up for the taking by either Steve Scalise or Representative Jim Jordan. Elsewhere in the GOP, revenge is on the menu. House Republicans are now weighing to expel Mace from at least two centrist-leaning groups she belonged to in the first place. That follows hard on a very awkward appearance for Nancy Mace on CNN, where she was sending out fundraising emails in the middle of the Astor McCarthy, and she was asked on CNN, uh, you ripped Matt Gates for doing exactly the same thing earlier this year. I'm asking people to go to my website at nancymace.org to help me uh, to, to show their support because there, there are yeah. folks that are coming after me tonight. I'm glad you brought that up because back in January when there were the marathon votes for Kevin McCarthy to get this job, he was fighting to take the gavel. This is something that you said. Mm -hmm. Matt Gates is a fraud. Every time he voted against Kevin McCarthy last week, he sent out a fundraising email. Uh, what you saw last week was a constitutional process diminished by those kinds of political actions. Of course, now here we are in October. You and Congressman Gates are, are in agreement on at least ousting McCarthy. You were on a podcast together today. You yourself the have been irony, fundraising off that vote. How do you mm -hmm. how do you explain that to, to now? Well, I have not been fundraising off of this every step of the way. I made my decision last night. I, I made the decision to fundraise over the last 24 hours because of the threats that I have received over fundraising and money drying up, which is why I need help. Okay, so here's the deal. Republicans are, whoever takes over is going to have to have some tools at their disposal. By the way, a government shutdown is still a possibility about 40 days from now. 
They have to figure this thing out really quick. They have to figure out a new speaker. They have to figure out what their approach is going to be on this government. They need to do all of that, like, forthwith. Brian Riddle, a former aide to Senator Rob Portman of Ohio, who's now at the Manhattan Institute, he said it becomes substantially harder to do a government spending deal because the message has been sent that Republicans should not rely on Democrats to pass any bills. Things can always get worse. The no-compromise fringe has been strongly empowered and essentially has a veto over House Republican policy, which can't be squared with what Democrats in the White House want. So if we end up with a government shutdown in the middle of bad economic news, I'll bring you some of that news in just a moment, and it's because Republicans are smacking each other in the back of the head, how are voters going to take that in the next congressional election? Again, we, we ought to have a little bit of vision beyond the next five minutes. Okay, we'll get to that in just one second first. Poor sleep, it can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, lower productivity. Sleep is the foundation of everybody's mental and physical health and performance. Having a consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. If you're struggling with sleep, you need to check out Beam. Beam's top-selling Beam Dream has a brand new formula. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, and apigenin to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime today. My listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. It's now available in delicious flavors like cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter, and mint chip. Better sleep has never tasted better. We've been using Beam down here at the office, and it is fantastic. If you want to try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Ben. Use code Ben at checkout. That is shop, B-E-A-M. Dot com slash Ben. Use code Ben for up to 40% off again. That is shopbeam.com slash Ben. Use promo code Ben and get up to 40% off and get a better night's sleep starting like right now. Also, who doesn't love a good Columbus Day sale? Well, some people don't even like Columbus Day, but at Jeremy's Razors, we want you to discover the new world of woke-free shaving. Get 20% off selected Jeremy's Razors products and bundles, including that Precision 5 Starter Kit, the Founders Kit, the Beard Kit, the skincare Bundle, and more. Be a pioneer for a better shave and better hygiene. Don't wait. Make the switch today. Get yours at jeremysrazors.com. Okay, meanwhile, the Biden economy here is, is on very thin footing. Mohamed El-Aryan, who I really trust as an analyst on this sort of stuff, he says that the possibility of, of avoiding a hard landing here is really, really decreasing pretty significantly. He has a piece over the Financial Times pointing this out. He says the economy is likely to weaken as markets internalize the significant likelihood that rates will stay higher for longer. He says an intense period of rising interest rates, high oil prices, and a stronger dollar is pushing the financial market consensus on U.S. economic growth away from the comforting notion of a soft landing. By my count, this will be the sixth time in the past 15 months that conventional wisdom shifts for the world's most influential economy. It's a pivot that unfortunately is likely to stick for longer this time around, threatening what has been an impressively strong U.S. economy, undermining genuine financial stability and exporting volatility to the rest of the world. In just the last two weeks, the yield on the benchmark U.S. 10-year bond has risen by some 0.5 percentage points to around 4.8% as part of a comprehensive shift in the entire interest rate structure. The move brought the change in yields to an eye-popping 1 percentage point since the end of June, leading to higher borrowing rates for companies, more burdensome car loans for households, more pronounced and uneven deposit outflows from the banking system as investors shift cash into money market accounts. Notably, the cost of a 30-year mortgage is up to 8%, making already expensive home purchases even less affordable. Pushing yields up in an increasingly disorderly manner is a combination of markets, recognizing that the higher policy rates set by the Fed will be here for a while and the need to absorb a significant supply of treasury bonds due to large budgetary deficit. Plus, there's high oil prices. These are developments that the economy and markets do not enjoy. They damp growth. They increase the threat of stagflation. And that continues to be a serious threat. There's a jobs report that at first glance looks really, really nice. A jobs report in September that showed 336,000 jobs added. But if the idea was that the economy is overheated and that we've spent too much money, and that the economy needs to be cooled, then adding 336,000 jobs, that's a very high rate, and doing that without really increasing the labor force participation rate in any serious way, which just means that 
you know, basically the same percentage of people are in the labor force who were in the labor force before. Continuing that sort of thing is not going to lead the Federal Reserve to lower interest rates. They're going to increase interest rates again. According to ABC News, being a little optimistic, it's possible the cooling of pay growth may help reassure the Fed's inflation fighters who are scrutinizing every scrap of data to determine whether to raise their key rate again this year. Still, the outsized job growth may stoke worries. The economy will expand too fast for inflation to cool. If they think, if people think, by the way, that the rates are going to go up on bonds, for example, what does that do? It drives the bond yield up. The price on the bonds that we have already released into the market is going to go down. As those bond yields increase, that means eventually people are going to shift their money out of stocks and into these very high yield bonds. When they do that, the stock market is going to stagnate. Already, earnings are threatened. So again, we are, we are in a, a really tenterhook situation on the economy. What Joe Biden, I think, might be waiting for here, frankly, is for Republicans to shut down the government. Because if they shut down the government, at least he can blame his failing economy on somebody who is not him. This is just another reason why Republicans need to be smart and strategic about this sort of stuff, as opposed to grandstanding and, and creating a new speaker who has no power to actually cudgel his own members into line. Because let's be real about this. The idea that you're going to pass a party line budget without any ability to cudgel your own members into line, that's going to be a very difficult thing to do, particularly in the face of a Democratic Senate. Okay, meanwhile, Hillary Clinton, in she just comes out of the woodwork every so often to, to really wreck American politics further. I, I don't know why she is still on, on the TVs, but she is. She has now called for the formal deprogramming of MAGA members. They're in a cult, you see. If you're a Democrat and you cultishly and slavishly worship Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or now an elderly dotard who has the inability to speak from his face hole, then that's because you're normal. But uh, if you're a Trump fan or even if you're not a Trump fan, but you voted for him, this means that you are a MAGA member who must be deprogrammed. I mean, we had very strong partisans in both parties in the past, uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. What does that mean, a formal deprogramming of the cult members? Does that sound fascistic to you? It sounds fascistic to me. Are you talking about fun adult camps like she once talked about? Re-education camps? Like what, what would formal deprogramming even look like from Hillary Clinton? And this, this should be frightening. It should be particularly frightening given the fact that according to Newsweek, the federal government believes the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great it has quietly created a new category of extremists it seeks to track and counter Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. The FBI, apparently, is going to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations. But the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters, according to classified data obtained by Newsweek. A current FBI official says the FBI is in an almost impossible situation. The FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism and any repeat of January 6th, but they're focusing on former President Trump and his MAGA supporters. This is what they are doing right now. Newsweek spoke to over a current a dozen current or former government officials specializing in terrorism in a three-month investigation to understand the current domestic security landscape and to evaluate what Biden is doing about what it calls domestic terrorism. And uh, they've been looking at 
secret FBI and DHS data tracking incidents, threats, investigations, and cases. It seems as though they are cracking down on MAGA members. Presumably at the behest of President Biden, who tweeted it last September, Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are a threat to the very soul of this country. So that means the people who oppose Joe Biden need deprogramming. The FBI needs to target them. All of this should scare the living hell out of you. And it's not just, by the way, that they are targeting the common Donald Trump voter. They're also targeting anybody who's just heterodox. The Biden administration, meanwhile, continues to target Elon Musk. How many agencies are targeting Elon Musk at this point? We've got the got the SEC, which is targeting him. We've got the FTC, which is targeting him. We've got the NLRB, I believe, is targeting him. It's just like every agency of the federal government is now targeting Elon Musk. That's weird. Why is that happening? I can't imagine. Other than that he has heterodox political opinions. The SEC said Thursday it is seeking another court order that would compel Elon Musk to testify as part of an investigation into his purchase of Twitter, now called X. The SEC said in a filing in a San Francisco federal court, Musk failed to appear for testimony on September 15th, despite an investigative subpoena served by the SEC and having raised no objections at the time it was served. But two days before scheduled testimony, Musk abruptly notified the SEC staff he would not appear. The SEC said it has been conducting a fact-finding investigation involving the period before Musk's takeover last year when Twitter was still publicly traded. The agency said it has not concluded that anyone violated federal securities laws. So they're just investigating, you know, for the fun of it and for the hell of it. By the way, it's, it's why would you investigate Elon Musk for buying Twitter and turning it into X? By pretty much every available account, he has lost tens of billions of dollars in that transaction. So what exactly is the horrible thing that he did when he took the hit? The answer, of course, is that put pressure on Musk and, and hope to shut him up is, is the basic idea. Hillary Clinton, of course, spells that one out once again. She says, you know, we need these big platforms to do what Hillary Clinton wants them to do. People from all walks of life are mounting a massive uh, resistance to autocracy, uh, to the oppression of women and girls, to irresponsible big tech companies whose platforms are absolutely rife with misogyny and sexism and viral attacks on women in the public sphere. So we are trying to tell a different story, uh, a different narrative for the future by not only standing up for democracy, human rights, and progress, but highlighting uh, women who are doing it in their lives every single day. So it's the big platforms that are to blame, obviously, says Hillary Clinton. And we, we all know which platforms she is talking about right there. So Elon Musk tweeted out a comprehensive overhaul of these agencies is sorely needed, along with a commission to take punitive action against those individuals who have abused their regulatory power for personal and political gain. Can't wait. For this to happen, he says the probability of it happening is 100 percent. Well, we can only hope and pray that that is true because the threats against Musk have been pretty extraordinary. Okay. meanwhile. It's time for some things I like and some things that I hate. So let's begin with a a quick thing that I like from my colleague Candace Owen. So so Candace recently spoke at a campus. I'm not sure which campus this was. And she was hit with the usual question, which is some activist got up a, a trans LGBTQ plus divided by sign activist and said, why are you hurting my feelings? And um. Hats off to Candace for this uh, excellent response. Hello. What do you have to say to the trans students on this campus who actively feel victimized by your presence here today? Life's tough. Get a helmet, man. I'm too pregnant for this. Next question. Yep, that is that is right. <laughs> by the way, I love the I'm too pregnant for this line. Uh, Candace, you know, again, showing her status as a birthing person. How dare she? But um that's where Candace is at her best. Okay, other things that I like. So obviously I was on a very long plane ride uh, over the course of the evening and I got a chance to watch a movie that I had not seen when it came out in about 2010, but it's excellent. It's called Temple Grandin. Good weekend watch if you happen to be able to get access to it. 
the, the entire movie is about a, a woman who is known as sort of one of the, the great advocates for people who are autistic. She was diagnosed with autism when she was very, very young. And the movie is essentially what it's like to be autistic. It's, it's an excellent depiction of what autism is like, how, how autistic people see things in visual terms, but can't really communicate with people in the same way that everyone else can, but have different abilities. And it's, it's, it's really quite a beautiful movie. It's definitely worth the watch. It was on HBO originally. It has David Strathern and uh, Chloe Dane, and it's, it's, it's really quite good. So totally worth the watch. Excellent performances all around. Temple Grandin, something unique to watch this weekend. Okay, time for a quick thing that I hate. Okay, so CBS, I got to say, this is pretty astonishing. So CBS has different rules for whose face they blur when they are showing criminals or alleged criminals being taken from, say, a, a one particular station to another. So CBS News in New York covered two different situations very differently. There is a, a suspect who stabbed to death a left-wing guy named Ryan Carson in New York City. And this this suspect, his face was blurred by CBS News. Somebody on the Twitters took that footage and juxtaposed it with the footage of Daniel Penny. Remember Daniel Penny? He was the he's the Marine who subdued a threatening man on the subway. The threatening man was black. The guy ended up dying. Daniel Penny, they were perfectly fine with showing his face on the news. This suspect, however, they were not going to show the face on the news. Here's what the footage looked like. This is footage of the man police say they were looking for. He has not yet been identified, but we are blurring his face at the moment while charges are pending. Uh, we watched again as all of this went down. More than a dozen officers were around when it happened before entering a home here on Lafayette Avenue. Now, well, that's weird. That's weird. I, I wonder why they would do such a thing. Probably for the same exact reason that every time you read a crime story, if it's a white person who commits a crime against a person of minority status, their race is mentioned in every single story. And if it's a black person who, for example, punches a, an Asian person, the race is never mentioned because the media would rather obscure for you the actual data involved in the story than allow you the possibility of maybe thinking the wrong thing. You might you can't think the wrong thing. Meanwhile, people who don't want you to think the wrong thing, that would include Ryan Carson's friends. So remember, Ryan Carson was murdered and now people have started to GoFundMe for his death and they are using the money, I kid you not, to, this is his friends, to give themselves time off from work. Quote, hi, everyone. We are a collective of Ryan's close friends, reeling from a brutal loss. We're asking for your help on behalf of his partner in easing the burden and stress of this horrifying situation so that we can have space and time to grieve and remember Ryan. Immediate needs are to offset the cost of working class people taking time off of work to properly mourn. So they are paying themselves. In other words, not family members, not his girlfriend, themselves, which is, um, I suppose, a unique grift. That's that's pretty astonishing sort of stuff right there. Uh, again, bad ideas have consequences. All righty, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting into the topic of sexy red. She is a rapper, most famous for Poundtown, and she has some interesting words about Donald Trump. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. <laughs> We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free 
should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 